Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's up, guys? It's Braden Suprenant. I want to thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Braden Suprenant Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore S-U-R-P. And be sure to tune in every Sunday for the Braden Suprenant Show from 8 to 10 in the morning right here on 97.3 The Fan. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome back to the Braden Suprenant Show live on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We had some audio issues earlier. Should be able to hear me now. Had a lot of things flying at all at one time. And most of it was because of a show that was nationally. It went a little bit long. So should be able to hear me now. And we are off and running. So... A lot of things, obviously, I talked about in the uh, first segment that nobody heard, but it's fine. Just thanking everybody for being a part of my life that has gotten me to this point. Obviously, I thanked Adam Klug for giving me the opportunity. Thought thanked Odyssey for giving me the opportunity. Everybody that I have broadcasted with leading up to this spot. I want to thank everybody that gave great support to me on social media whether that be other members of the media that worked for us and for competing stations. It was very nice of everybody in town for the uh, congratulations. Again, weekend show. This is going to be a show, and I was kind of explaining that in the the first hour, or the first the first segment that nobody heard. We're off to a great start here on the Braden Supranet Show. But this show is going to be an opportunity an opportunity for us San Diegans. Local programming, talk local sports, live on the weekends. It's a big it's a big thing because usually when it's not Padre season, right, it's national broadcasting, it's national shows that have their own national topics that don't necessarily fit what we want to talk about here in San Diego. It's a big reason why our station Went local all day from 6 a.m. with Ben and Woods through the midday show, through the afternoon, up until Padres baseball, and then the Padres postgame show where it's local all day long. The only times that it wasn't was on the weekends, and now we have that opportunity. And we're going to talk a lot about local San Diego sports. We're going to talk about San Diego State basketball. We're going to talk about the Padres. We're going to talk about all the local Teams here in San Diego, whether it be UCSD, USD, the Seals, Goals, whatever it may be, you know, when it's topical, 
you know, and that's kind of the general direction we're going to go in terms of these next couple of months because we don't have Padres baseball now until September. Or no, sorry, until spring training in February. And then when that comes around, we're going to be doing, obviously, it's going to be a lot of recapping for the night before, little pre-pregame show in a Sammy Levitt on Sundays during the football season. We can recap college football and then preview the NFL, mix in some high school stuff as well. It's going to be a lot of local programming, which I'm excited for. And I want to get the fans involved as well, you know, on the phones, you know, it's just me running a one-man show. I'm going to tell you right now, I get a zero tolerance for any type of, you know, BS, whether it be talking crap on other shows on our station, whether it be any type of derogatory comments towards the, the company and everything that we've seen over the last couple. I, I'm not even going to deal with that. I got a great relationship with Coach John Cantera. We, we, he's excited for me to have this opportunity. I don't even want to talk about that. That was nipped in the butt about a month ago. If you want to know anything about that, I will not be taking any calls on that. Go back. You can watch it on YouTube. Adam Klug addressed all that. Just want to get that out of the way. Aztec basketball right now. They're down three in the second half at Boise State, and they shot in the first half over 50% from the field. It's a good mark. But the same thing that happened against New Mexico last week, they had a big lead, and then everything started to unravel for them. It's going to be difficult for San Diego State on the road in the Mountain West Conference because the Mountain West Conference is no longer a one-bid league. There are multiple schools in this conference now, this new kind of basketball conference, that have the ability to make the NCAA tournament. I've seen anywhere between four to six teams being able to make the NCAA tournament from the Mountain West Conference. I think six would be too much. I don't think they're going to get six. I don't care how good, you know, maybe Nevada plays or Colorado State or, you know, I think, you know, Boise's obviously in contention for a bid, New Mexico. I don't think they're going to put in six, but I really think they got a good chance that they're guaranteed. I almost guarantee you they're going to have four, four teams in the NCAA tournament on the Mountain West Conference. I think if they get five, it'd be great. It would also be great if somebody other than San Diego State won in the NCAA tournament. That would be nice because then it could give you some more cred going into the next season. Even though it doesn't really matter, there is that bias of, well, we keep putting Mountain West schools in the NCAA tournament and they keep failing, aside from the Aztecs with the national championship last year. So the good news is for San Diego State, they're in a conference where they're going to have five bids which means they don't have to win all of these games in conference play on the road. It's going to be tough to do that anyway, and we already saw that at the pit against New Mexico. That doesn't mean they shouldn't win these games. It's just gonna, You're going to get everybody's best shot. You were the national championship a year ago. You represented the Mountain West well. You're the top dog in the league. You've been the top dog in the league for the last decade plus and have been the class of the Mountain West, especially in basketball, where everybody's gunning for that top spot, especially for schools like Boise State, which, by the way, according to the latest bracketology by Joe Lenardi, Boise State and New Mexico are first are two teams that are first four out. They're playing for their tournament lives right now, and a big win against San Diego State would knock up their resume so they don't have to make a run in Vegas in about a month or so, month plus, in the Mountain West Tournament. These games mean everything 
to Boise State, to New Mexico, New Mexico, to all the schools that play host to San Diego State. You're going to get everybody's best shot. It'd be nice for the Aztecs to win on national television and not get blown out by 20-something points like they did last week against New Mexico. But that's even another cool thing. I mean, how many times have they played on CBS this year? I remember waking up on a Saturday morning during the college basketball season and CBS was only playing ACC schools matchups, you know, Big Ten matchups, Big 12 games early in the morning. And now the Aztecs have been the number one game for the last couple of weeks. It's been outstanding to see. Hopefully they could take care of business here against the Boise State Broncos. Just overall synopsis, I mean, the rebounds are pretty much similar, 18-16 to 16 in favor of San Diego State. The shooting percentage has been pretty much the same. Even the turnovers and the points-off turnovers has been relatively the same with San Diego State just having a little bit of an advantage in points in the paint. The biggest thing, though, is the Aztecs still and have had struggled shooting from three-point line. From the three-point line, they're one for ten so far tonight. And Boise State's 6 for 15. Aztecs currently down 3. They're not the only school in town that is a D1 basketball school. UCSD is in action against Hawaii. And UCSD, I'm going to tell you right now, they are a sleeping giant in college basketball in town. With the resources they have now becoming D1, the facilities they have. I mean, Lion Tree Arena is a nice place to watch a college basketball game. Is it as loud and as rowdy as Viejas? No, that takes years to put that together. you got a great video board. They've invested so much money into the production of UC San Diego Athletics, and they do a great job putting on that production. As somebody that went to school for sports broadcasting, went through TCU's sports broadcasting program, UCSD has almost copied it to a T, they got students running cameras and producing stuff. They are they are building a great athletic program up in La Jolla. And it'll be great. It's gonna it's going to make the competition in town so much better. Eric Olin, the head basketball coach at UCSD, talked about after they played San Diego State, how San Diego State going to the national championship has benefited. USD and UCSD when it comes to recruiting would benefited them in terms of building a program in college basketball. They set the stage that it can be done from a team from San Diego. And UCS, UCSD in the Big West Conference is going to be huge. They're going to be able to compete. It's the last year where they cannot win the conference. The last year they can't make the tournament. But they're right there. And it's going to be fun between them and UC Irvine in the next couple of years in college basketball. They play host to Hawaii tonight at 4 o'clock. That game will be on ESPN. Gonzaga will be in town. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are in town to take on the San Diego Toreros. I'll be on the call for that with Jack Cronin on ESPN+. Game will start at 7 o'clock at the Jenny Craig Pavilion. Does it lose a little bit of its luster because Gonzaga's not ranked anymore? And the fact that Gonzaga, as of right now, is one of the next four teams out. Could you imagine an NCAA tournament without Gonzaga? It's a tough spot to be in right now, obviously. Because if USD beats Gonzaga, that'd be great for USD. That'd be crippling for the Aztecs. You know, when I'm on the radio here, I'm a neutral broadcaster of, you know, Aztecs, support the Aztecs, support the Toreros, support the Tritons. No, but I know a lot of people at USD would love the fact 
that they can stick it to San Diego State in some type of way by beating Gonzaga. I think it's going to be an uphill battle, but the Toreros are coming up the ranks too. They got a lot of young talent that are making impact plays. I know they're not they're not getting the wins right now, but I think Steve Lavin and company are going to be able to turn that thing around. And you already got UCSD on the way up, competing at the top half and the top three spots right now in the Big West Conference. San Diego State obviously has been unbelievable for the last 20 years. And now if USD can kind of climb the ranks, you'd have a nice little college basketball section out here in San Diego. Be great to see. Trying to get some people to buy into college football at the Aztecs. I'm going to get to that in the next hour. I'm going to tell you right now, Aztecs football is a sleeping giant. Aztecs football is a sleeping giant. We're going to talk about that in the next hour. I'm going to tell you right now, Sean Lewis is the perfect man for this job. The perfect man for this job. I've been selling sunshine and rainbows for Aztec football the last couple of weeks on air. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to tune in in the next hour if you want to hear why San Diego State football is going to be exceptional. I think they're going to be exceptional. And I also think everything that Sean Lewis has done since becoming the head coach, which he hasn't been the head coach for very long. They haven't even played a game yet. He is doing all of the right things to build a foundation at San Diego State and get people to support the Aztecs football program, to maybe have Snapdragon Stadium sell out with more, a little bit more than they have been, and in more than just having the Supercross show up, which is, by the way, this that's tonight. I forgot that the Supercross was tonight. Wave's done a great job selling out Snapdragon. The concerts have. Everything but San Diego State football has sold out Snapdragon Stadium. It's time for the Aztecs to do that. I'm going to talk about that in the 12 o'clock hour. We're going to dive into some NFL talk when we come back. We're going to do the same thing to finish up the show. Again, I only got two hours. It's It, it flies by like that. It's already 1130. You only get six segments on the show. I already missed one because of audio. Well, I had one, but you know, you guys didn't get to hear it. We fixed the problem. Shouldn't be an issue moving forward. I'm going to tell you why the Texans and the Packers are going to win today. I don't even believe it, but I and I don't think they're going to win. I'm going to tell you why why they can win when we come back. The Braden Sopranos Show, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Brayton Surprendent Show on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Talking a lot of Aztec basketball today just because they're on right now. They're down two with 11.56 to go in the second half in a dogfight with Boise State, which is always going to be a problem for San Diego State. We talked about that already. We're going to talk about it ad nauseum during this basketball season as we lead up to spring training. And we'll get some Padres talk coming up in the noon hour as we have to address what the Padres are currently doing at this point. I mean, look at San Diego Padres roster. They don't even have a complete roster right now. I have been told, and I think it's going around the rumor mill, I think a lot of the Moves are going to start coming around February, so hold your breath on that one and wait to see. Maybe the Padres can bring in a couple of players. They're going to need somebody, otherwise they're going to play a lot of young guys. Uh, you could do that. We've talked about that on the Andy Nelson show, but you know they're like one year away from being impact players coming up through the ranks. You know the Jackson Merrills, the Robbie Snellings, the Dylan Lescos, you know that sort of group. The top half of the Padres prospects. You know, I think a lot of people look at well, the Diamondbacks. They played a lot of young guys. They were that's like the next year's Padres. That's the 2025 Padres. They need kind of they need some placeholders before they get to that point. We got a big NFL day today in the divisional round, which will actually be coming up after my show ends at one o'clock. You will have the Houston Texans taking on the Baltimore Ravens right here on 97.3. The fans, so stay tuned. Of to 97.3 The Fan to uh, listen to the Texans and the Ravens coming up at 1 o'clock with their pregame coverage. Game will not officially start until 1.30. If you want to watch it on TV, it'll be on the ESPN Networks. Baltimore's favored by 9 in this one. It was 9.5. It's gone down to 9. I think that's a tough bet. I mean, I, I look at the weekend, and I know we just had our BetQL show on, and they like to get all their bets out there. I think it's a tough weekend to bet in the NFL. At least the point spreads. I like some of the money lines. I like, you know, some of the over unders. But right now, the with the the point spreads, I, it just could go either way. I mean, I think they're very that, that you know Vegas is really good at getting the point spreads down, like nine and a half, nine point favorites for the Ravens. You know, the Texans are they're good. They're not. I wouldn't say they're a a great football team. But at the same time, I mean, Lamar Jackson's never made it out of the divisional round. I don't know if that really matters at all. You know, how much does it play in the fact that they're the only team that didn't play last week? I think that's more of a baseball thing than a football thing. You talk about buys all the time. I think it mat- I think it depends on like where what level you're at. If you look at college football, the best games in the playoffs are the semifinals because both teams have a month to prepare for each other and get healthy and get right. And then the national championship the last couple of years has just been a blowout because either one team is just excited to be there or another team is just very good at preparing compared to the team that they throttle. 
Might be a little bit of both. At the high school level, I hate buys just because I can't get the kids that I coach to just be engaged that very long. I mean, it's it's hard to just cruise, 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 and then get shut down by a buy and keep everybody engaged for the week. It's just different when you're preparing for somebody and then you're not. You got to take the week off, and then you got to like slow things down and try to get guys healthy. And you know, just in a one week span, it's tough to get guys healthy. The NFL, I think it's a little bit different. You know, baseball, I don't think the buy really helps you. And football, you know, especially with the way that these guys are battled and bre- everybody's hurt in football when you get to the postseason. Everybody has got some type of nick, some type of bruise, some type of. They're not playing at 100%. So any type of time off, I think, is an advantage. We'll see what the Ravens decide. Let's see what they do in this game. Very interesting storyline. I mean, Lamar is 0-2 in the divisional round. He only has one touchdown pass in his history in the divisional round with three picks. But the Texans have never won a divisional round playoff game in their history. They're 0-4, losing by an average of 14.5 points. We talked about that on Annie and Elston yesterday. We talked about the bold predictions to Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud. Will he throw for over 300 yards? I'm not really buying that for a rookie on the road in a playoff game. I think that's very difficult to do. Be the first guy to do it since Tom Brady did it against the Ravens back in October of 2022. It's a good defense that they got. A really good defense. Ravens have an elite defense, which wins. I mean, in the postseason, you win by running the football and playing defense, and you're going to ask a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud to go out there on the road in cold temperatures and try to win a playoff game. I think that's very difficult. But I tease coming into this, how are the Baltimore, how are the Houston Texans going to beat the Baltimore Ravens? You know, thinking about it from a scheme perspective, thinking about it from a game plan perspective, some things I would do, some things that some of the experts are saying. Let's talk about the Texans for a second. I think, I'm going to just be honest, I think the Ravens win the game. I don't think they cover necessarily. I think it's close. I think the X factor of C.J. Stroud and I just mentioned it's going to be difficult for him to put this together as a rookie. I think he's he's obviously the best quarterback in that draft. We said that on draft night with Eddie Brown and, and Chris. We said that on draft night. C.J. Stroud is going to be the best of the bunch. I think they cover, but I think the Ravens win. How do the Texans win? Well, Ravens got a really good defense. Expect them to bring a lot of pressure. They did that a lot this season. They were eighth in pressure this season. 32.8% of their opponents dropbacks. They were bringing somebody. And they usually bring around five guys. Sometimes they bring four and expect some dudes from the secondary. Second level, third tier. They're bringing pressure from all sorts of spots. And when you're going against a rookie quarterback, make him feel uncomfortable. That's what the Ravens are going to do. So how do you exploit that? Well, obviously, screen passes are a big aspect to that. I'd like to see them go across more in the middle if they decide to blitz some of those middle linebackers. But you got to be able to draw up some plays that kind of free your, free sometimes. And, and C.J. Stroud's got to get the ball out quick. Got to be able to establish the run game. I know that's cliche, but that's very important. 
What was the biggest upset of the weekend last weekend? It was the Packers over the Cowboys. What did the Packers do? Ran the ball down Dallas's throat. Ran the ball down their throat. Texans don't necessarily have a running back that's like Aaron Jones. They don't really have that big back that could go do that, but they got to be able to run the football. Let C.J. Stroud make simple throws. Simple throws by using the quick game. Anytime you see receiver screens and quick hitches and getting the ball to the perimeter fast, that's basically the running game. That The quick game is a running game. It's just a different form of it. Mike Leach, may he rest in peace, with his air raid offense and never run the ball, he was successful by just getting the ball out hot, running some quick game. That was his run game. Pick up four or five yards, it's like running a quick hitter up the middle, quick hitter off the tackle, and grind the clock. Other thing that the Baltimore Ravens are going to do, they've done this a lot this season, is they like to go man in the red zone. They're going to man up, and we'll see what C.J. Stroud can come up with. I'd like to see some empty looks for the Texans. I'd like to see them have C.J. Stroud go up there and kind of find where his matchups are, find Nico Collins in the red zone. That's a that's a matchup X factor for Houston. So if you're the Texans, you got to be able to, and this is this is the same game plan that you always play as a big underdog on the road. Control the clock, grind out, Yards, either by quick game, let C.J. Stroud get into a rhythm with simple throws that can help with the run game and be ready to get some screens and get the pressure off of C.J. The Texans got a good shot. That Ravens defense is tough, though. Who is the biggest X factor in this game for the Texans, though? That's going to go with their defensive player in Jalen Pitry. He's a safety that has done a good job coming up throughout the season and picking up some of those middle routes that Lamar Jackson likes to dunk off to give himself some time. He's able to do that a lot. He likes to go across the middle, and the Ravens have been very successful in doing that. Obviously, Lamar likes to use his legs, too, and he likes to throw the ball downfield, but Pitchery's going to have to be the guy that comes down and disrupts that. He's also a major factor in run defense, which is going to be something that they're going to have to look for, especially with the quarterback's ability to run Lamar Jackson. He can use his arm, he can use his legs. It's almost going to have to be a perfect game for the Texans on the road. They get out of on early, put the pressure on Baltimore like the Packers did against Dallas. Maybe the Texans have a chance. That's how I kind of lay it out in terms of how the Texans can win. That's game one of our doubleheader today. Game two, Niners-Packers. I think the Niners are going to beat the Packers by like 20 points. I really do. I The Niners are by far the best team in the National Football League. I don't think they're untouchable, but they're by far the best team. And I know we got some people in the chat saying they're 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 ready for the Packers. They're excited for the Packers. But I think the Niners are really going to throttle Green Bay. How does Green Bay combat that? A couple storylines I want to mention in this game by the way. 
This is an NFL record 10th playoff meeting between the Niners and the Packers. San Francisco's got the 5-4 edge. What's more, the Niners have won six straight NFC Divisional Round playoff games, which is the longest active streak in the National Football League. And the winner of this game, not that it matters, but it's still cool if you're thinking about it, the winner will either take a share either take or share the title of winning his team in postseason history. That's pretty that's pretty remarkable. Again, not that it matters. But it's something to watch for as you, you watch the game today or listen to it on 97 through the fan. Packers are tied with the Patriots at 37 playoff wins and could move into first place by themselves with a playoff win today against the Niners, while the Niners would be able to tie Green Bay and New England with a win today. And then ultimately, if they were to win today, win in the NFC Championship game, and then they would be the lone representative for the team organization with the most playoff wins in NFL history. Talked about the bold predictions yesterday on Annie and Elston. A little bit more about that upset. Again, the spread is the same as the Ravens game. Except it didn't move. So the current spread was the Ravens by 9 against the Texans. Opening spread and current spread, Niners over the Packers by 9.5. How can the Packers beat this unbelievable not really unbelievable. They're very good. I'm. They're not the best team ever yet, but they're really good. I mean, the 49, what the 49ers have done, and more specifically, as I relate this back to San Diego, what San Diego native John Lynch Jr. has done as the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers has been exceptional. He didn't do what has now been the traditional way of building a team where you get a franchise quarterback and then you slowly start to build around him and then all of a sudden you win in his last year as a rookie and then you give him a big contract and then you got to get rid of everybody else with the salary cap. He did it the opposite way. He built a football team like a coach would, like a player that used to play in the National Football League would. Not necessarily how a general manager would. And he did it in the trenches. They got one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, if not the best defensive line in the National Football League. With Bosa, they got Young. They got a good front seven. They got local product. In Fred Warner out of Mission Hills High School, who was one of the faces of the NFL from a defensive standpoint. Also a baller. Fred Warner's a great football player. I mean, everything in the trenches and then built out. Same thing on the offense. Their offensive line is really good. Now, more, better a little bit at the tackles than the interior, but they build up the offensive line. They got George Kittle at tight end. They got They went and got Christian McCaffrey who is arguably one of the best running backs in the National Football League because of his versatility. Brandon Ayuk might not be the number one receiver in San Francisco, but he's a number one receiver all over the National Football League. You got Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. Keep going down the list with all of these players that they have, and I didn't even mention the biggest X-factor of them all, Debo Samuel. 
Nobody has Debo Samuel. Not a single team in the National Football League has anything like Debo Samuel. With his speed, with his size, with his strength, his ability to play running back and run the football, either on jets, sweeps, counters, traps, whatever. His ability to get open in space as a number one receiver and then do damage with the ball after he catches it on the yards after catch. Nobody's got Debo Samuel. And the Niners knew that when they decided to extend him. And there been a little bit of controversy there. So this Niners team is really good. The only thing that they didn't invest in is their quarterback, but Brock Purdy does a good job of not turning the ball over and getting it to his weapons and not making major mistakes. So how do the Packers exploit that? Offensively, and I think Matt LaFleur did an unbelievable job of just picking apart Dan Quinn, who he coached with in Atlanta last week against the Cowboys. I mean, the schemes that that Matt LaFleur put together was phenomenal. And I'm not a big Matt LaFleur fan, but he was running circles around Dan Quinn's defense, and I know he's got some stuff up his sleeve. The only weak spot for this Niners defense is definitely the third level of their defense in the secondary. It's a lone weak spot. They're usually in zone coverage. And the Packers have the ability to blow the top off them by running guys deep. I've seen it out of Matt LaFleur's offense. I would look for that today. Look for the Packers to have at least one or two guys go deep, get the linebackers to bite on something short, and open up the middle. And that's where Jordan Love is going to be able to make his money. When he throws 15 or more yards downfield between the numbers, he has registered a 94.4 quarterback rating. That's his bread and butter. That's the Packers' bread and butter. Blow somebody off the top, get the linebackers to bite on something short, pick apart the middle. While the Niners gave up only 44 throws of 20 or more yards this season, which is tying for eighth fuse in the National Football League, The tape tells us that you can use clear and replace concepts to get those open windows. Exactly what we talked about. Clear the safeties, replace them with dig routes. X factor for the Packers. Defensively, Kenny Clark's got a good opportunity in the interior to kind of wreak some havoc against the interior offensive lineman of San Francisco. Packers got to bring pressure on Brock Purdy. They have to make Brock Purdy beat them which is going to be difficult to do. If they could pressure Brock Purdy and and Brock starts throwing the ball all over the place and it's not hitting wide open receivers, it might be a tough day for the Niners. The quarterback might cost the Niners an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl. Exploit that. Two biggest weaknesses on the Niners, their quarterback and their secondary. That's where the Packers will have to exploit. They also... Got to stop Debo Samuel. Good luck. I don't have a plan for that. If I did, I'd be making some money on this. I'm Braden Suprenant. One hour down when we come back. State of the Padres on the Braden Suprenant Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. San Diego. Time to take your airwaves back from the usual weekend noise with some local sports talk on the Braden Sopranin Show. With the stars that they have signed under contract, you can't just punt on a Manny Machado prime. Sports year. radio cater to the ones who call America's finest city home. Braden totally knows his stuff. He's ready for the next step. That guy is good. The Braden Sopranin Show starts now. But I think Braden's one of the up-and-coming young stars in the media game in San Here's your host, Braden Sir Brennant. Welcome back in hour number two on the Braden Sir Brennant Show. Live on the weekends on 97.3 The Fan. This will usually be a Sunday show. This will be a Sunday morning from 8 to 10 each and every Sunday. But we cannot start that until after Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl Sunday. So until then, we'll be doing some Saturday shows. We're at 11 to 1 this week. I think we'll be at 9 to 11 next week and the next couple of weeks after that as we get ready for uh, to finally take over as the Sunday show. Actually, it will be off next week. I have a wedding to go to in Arizona next Saturday. My college roommate, Dylan, is getting married. Dylan Smith, shout out to him. So I will be in Apache Junction, Arizona. For some reason, a lot of my friends like to get married in the middle of nowhere. Like Apache Junction. Like Decatur, Texas. Only a couple of my friends have actually gotten married in civilization. Now, obviously, with the expenses of a lot of different wedding venues and, you know, with Trying to save money. I totally understand that. But for some reason, my friend group likes to get married in the middle of nowhere. So I will be in Apache Junction. No disrespect to anybody that might be from there or lives there. Or Decatur, Texas. Two interesting places that I have now been. Or I have been to Decatur. I've not been to Apache Junction yet. So hopefully I can. That is up there and far from the airport. So that should be fun. I'll be enjoying myself in Arizona. Hopefully it's a little bit warmer than it is out here in San Diego. I did want to mention, I want to talk about the San Diego Padres. Get to that in a second. Aztecs are down 61-54 with 2.51 to go here in the second half of action. Tough game for the Aztecs. Again, of course, on the road in the Mountain West Conference. It's always a tough place to play. Um, Aztec fans' favorite officials doing the game, Eric Curry. Take that for what it's worth. I haven't really been paying 
that close attention in terms of officiating. I'm sure there's a lot of Aztec fans that are upset with Eric Curry just because he's Eric Curry. I have heard Chris Ello give rants about Eric Curry. I don't think that's an excuse, though. They're they're down, like I mentioned, 61-54 with uh, just under three minutes to go. Aztecs could still pull it out, but they got to start going on a run here very shortly. But again, they're going to get everybody's best shot in the Mountain West Conference. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament as long as they don't completely collapse down the stretch because the conference will be a four to five bid league. Scene six, I'm not a big believer in it. Boise State really needs this win to get themselves into the next tournament field, especially with all the bracketologists out there, as Boise State's on a 10 2 run in the last three minutes of play. So we'll see what the Aztecs uh, can muster up here in the final couple of minutes. Of that one, I do want to talk about the Padres. We are the flagship of the San Diego Padres, and a lot of people, you know, they some of the time we're talking about it during the midweek. What are we talking about the Padres for? It's January twentieth. Well, it's leading up to spring training. I mean, spring training is going to be here before you know it, and as constructed right now, you are still missing major spots on your roster, on your twenty-six man roster. The Padres do not have a left fielder. They do not have a center fielder. They currently do not have a designated hitter. I'm going to be kind of vague with that because I think it sounds like Machado is going to be starting uh, the season as the DH for the San Diego Padres. Your bench pieces are a lot of young guys. I don't think anybody really is going to sign in the next couple of weeks with any team. I think February will start to see a little bit more action when it comes to Major League Baseball free agency, maybe some trades. And I still think AJ Preller and company are in a spot right now where they don't have obviously the biggest budget for 2024. Because if A.J. Preller had the budget that he has had the last couple of seasons, we would have seen some moves right now. You know, maybe they would have been in on Cody Bellinger and, you know, everything that was being forward. I I don't really know. But I would imagine with the wheeler and dealer that A.J. is, he would have made some moves in that, that sort of span. I think they're playing it safe. I already say safe, but I think they're playing it right now as we're going to wait for some of the prices to come down on some of these guys. No one really has leverage yet. In the first week or so of February, the teams get leverage back because there are a lot of players that are veteran guys that want to just guarantee that they got a spot somewhere. And their wives want to know where they're going to live, their families. It's a lot that goes into being a professional athlete, obviously, that doesn't involve just playing the game. So I can see them... Being able to get a couple of those players. We, I mean, you go through the free agent list. We did it this week. There's not a lot out there that doesn't have some type of, I don't want to use the term baggage, but doesn't have some type of baggage. Whether it be age, whether it be productivity going down, whether it be off-field stuff, whether whatever it is. There is some type of baggage involved. So you're not going to find the perfect free agent. You, know, you can talk about Jordan Montgomery, you can talk about Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger. You're not going to get any of those guys either. Not for what they're asking. And to be honest, I'd lo- as much as I'd love to have Blake Snell back on the Padres, 
for what he is asking for, it doesn't make any sense. Regardless if the Padres had a big budget or not, it doesn't make any sense for them to go get Blake Snell. At the price that he wants. I mean, what the Yankees offered, I might be interested a little bit, but he was not interested at all. He wants over $200 million. For a pitcher that has only had, well, not really only, but he had his two biggest years were in contract years. He's getting up there in age. There's no guarantee, and he can't be paying players, especially for the Padres. You can't be paying players for what they have done and not what they're going to do. So it's a very difficult situation navigating what this roster is going to be. As you start looking at somebody, we talked about Brandon Belt yesterday on the show. Brandon Belt for $10 million. No thanks. Not for $10 million. I know that's the going rate. That's that's what it's going to be. Like nine and a half to $10 million. I, I get that. And I'm one of the, the believers that you need a first baseman. Not because Jake Cronenworth is not a good baseball player, but because he's not a first baseman. You need a power-hitting first baseman if you want to win a World Series. That's usually how it works. That's the player that gets a limited opportunity like in the field. He's not a great fielder. He can put the ball over the fence. He drives in runs. Big power bat. He's there to hit. Jake Cronenworth isn't that player. He's not a big power guy. As much as he tried to be the last couple of years because he was playing first base, and it looked like he was trying to be. His swing was drastically different than it was in 2020 when he was actually in the ball over the yard. Jake Cronenworth, second baseman, 12 million a year, I'll take it. That's not a bad deal, especially in this market. Jake Cronenworth, $12 million a year, playing first base, I don't like it. Not a power hitter. You need a power hitter in that spot. Or are you going to move Jake Cronenworth? You played him in left field. I, I I would rather not do that and just force this guy to play everywhere just because he's a good fielder. He's a really good fielder. But he needs to be playing in this position that he knows how to play. He's a middle infielder. He ain't going to play shortstop. You're paying too much money for Xander Bogarts to play shortstop. You got Hassan Kim who is the best shortstop on the team, then if those guys aren't playing shortstop, I doubt the Padres move Fernando, but I think a lot of fans would probably see that, like to see that. He's probably going to play second base, where you put Hassan Kim. I mean, Kim at the beginning, at the beginning of the season, it's not going to matter, because Kim's going to play third, because Manny Machado is going to start the season on the, on, as a designated hitter. But you need to find a couple more pieces here. I mean, outfielders are going to go for like $16 million. You've got $27 million to spend. You put it all in Jorge Soler, and that's it? With $16 million a year? I mean, that's kind of the going rate for a guy like Jorge Soler. Spend a little bit less and go get, you know, a Jock Peterson, perhaps? He could play the outfield and be a DH. Although I'd probably rather have him be a DH. J.D. Martinez. I mean, again, you start throwing out some of the Justin Turner. You start throwing out some of these names. They're very old. They're they're older players. We did that last year. 
Did they not? Did the Padres not do that last year? I know Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter are a little bit older than the current stable I just point out, pointed out. But a very interesting thing nonetheless. I did see a comment in there. There's been a couple of, you know, Jock Peterson would be a great addition. I agree with that. I think Jock Pe- I I wanted Jock Peterson more a couple of years ago than this year. But I'd love to see Jock Peterson. I mean, I'd love to see the Padres go get Cody Bellinger, but you know, that's 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 probably out of the cards based on how we've seen everything play out. Cuz at the beginning part of the offseason, they were kind of rumored to be interested on Cody Bellinger, and then it was like you started to see them spend, and they wouldn't spend the money on some of the pitchers that they could have retained, like a Seth Lugo, not like a Michael Waka, because of you know probably a little bit too expensive. The beginning part of the offseason, it was, do you want to spend all of your free agent money into Cody Bellinger? Now it's like, I don't know if all of the free agent money could get a guy like Cody Bellinger. But it would be kind of, I mean, it would be, I mean, ideally, you know, you get Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, and Justin Turner rolling to Dodger Stadium with three former Dodgers. I think that'd be kind of cool. I wouldn't mind that. Three former Dodgers that are not named, like, uh, that are not Beatty or, you know, maybe like a Zach McKinstry or something like that. A little bit different of an aspect there. The other one I think is very intriguing. I haven't seen this too much. New York Mike 8. I'm going to have to do everything. I, I need to get some octopus hands to be able to do this for all of the uh, all of the features we have here. New York Mike 8. Make me an offer for Pete Alonzo. I do think that's very intriguing. I mean, obviously the Mets were interested in potentially trading him. I'm pulling up. I, I got I to gotta figure out what his um, value would be. I mean, you would have to give him a contract after the fact. I think that's a lot of money, probably. But, you know, I, I think it would be very interesting to see Pete Alonso on this team. I, well, the Padres' Twitter attacked the dude when they had the uh, Chris Paddock saga. I don't know how that's going to work. But Pete Alonso is a free agent at the end of the, next, at the, end of the season. And he's getting $20 million in arbitration. I mean, that's not worth it. That's not a placeholder. You can't afford him. That's not a player you can afford. Because you'd have to give up a lot of young players. I'd rather just keep the young players and see them play next year. And I think that's a big talking point for a lot of fans too. It was like, we'll just have Jackson Merrill play, and we'll just you know we'll have Robbie Snelling and Dylan Lesko come up, and you know go through the list. Samuel Zavala can play in the outfield. They're a year away. They were they're a year away. You can't you can't have those guys play this year. And we've seen the Padres do that a lot. I, that that it reminds me of the C.J. Abrams situation a couple of years ago when we were leading up to opening day. And remember that was the that was the year that was was that twenty twenty one because I remember we were talking about we had we had a show at the Lost Abbey. It was the original. Opening day, day. We were going to do opening day at the Lost Abbey downtown in East Village. It was a lockout. That's what it was. The lockout prevented us from from that day being opening day. It got pushed back, obviously, a couple of weeks. 
And the question that was the main topic that day was C.J. Abrams potentially making the club. And I, I was against I was against it because I didn't think he was ready and he didn't want to force the guy because you needed a player. And I think that did hamper his development a little bit. He's getting better in Washington because he's playing every single day. But the big argument I had against C.J. Abrams being on the team was he wasn't going to be on the team to start. He was going to be a backup role. That cannot be the same situation when you're talking about some of these players and these top prospects. You cannot have Jackson Merrill on this team unless he is starting, in my opinion. I think a lot of you have the same opinion. We see some more YouTube chats. I'm going to try to get as many of those as I can. Again, I'm trying to do a lot. It's the first time doing the the whole show with all of the the resources here. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, by the way. If you're driving around and in this rain, you just got home, you want to continue the conversation, you can jump on and watch the show. Got my nice little horn frog shirt on today, representing the uh, the blackout TCU's doing, although they're not really playing very well. I digress on that. But if Jackson Merrill is going to be on this team, it's because he earned a spot and he is starting somewhere. And to me, that is only second base. I don't want to see Jackson Merrill in the outfield either because you need a guy. That's not how you keep the the cycle going. When you see all these teams that develop their own talent and do a good job of doing that, Dodgers, Cardinals, you know, Tampa Bay does a great job of that. You know, some of those organizations that have always been able to just produce talent. Atlanta, they're not necessarily calling up players to just be backup spots. They call up players, they put them in the lineup, especially their top prospects. Because when you pull them up, they're expected to play. Otherwise, they could be playing down in the minor leagues and getting reps every single day. I know someone in the chat mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando at the time was going to start. I mean, that was a move of Padres having a shortstop in forever. And I'm so glad I didn't have to play that game anymore. Remember all those years where it was like, can you name all the shortstops the Padres have had since 2000? Because they never had one. You know, they had Khalil Green, and that was about it. And then they had all these other guys. Aztecs made it a three-point game with 11.7 seconds left, by the way. Un- impeccable comeback for San Diego State. It'll probably come up short, but we'll see how the free throws go. But Fernando was going to play shortstop, and it was the veteran guys that went in A.J. Preller's office and said, you got to put this guy on the team. I don't necessarily think that was the case for C.J. Abrams. And the other thing was, again, he wasn't the starter immediately. You already had a shortstop. You already had guys in spots. He was just kind of there. So you can't do the same thing with Jackson Merrill. And you can't throw him in the outfield either. I don't think that's going to help the Padres. Long-term so long-term thinking here. Jackson Merrill as a Padres a middle infielder. So we went through all of the kind of the problems of, of putting it together. I think you got to be able to acquire guys via trade. So you either 
do it via a trade where you go get a big-time name and trade prospects. Or you trade away maybe some of the assets you have at the major league level. Aztecs end up losing by one. And a big three there when they were down four. They lose 67-66. Hard-fought game. Brian Dutcher, the epitome of class, goes up to Boise State's head coach from blanking on his name, congratulates him with a big smile on his face. Because that was a hell of a basketball game. We'll recap that in a second. But back to the Padres. You're going to have to trade Hassan Kim, I think, if you want to be successful. I think you have to trade Hassan Kim if you want to be successful in 2024. That is a painful thing for a lot of people to swallow, just because of the fan favorite he is, just because of you know what he has done for the team, what he has done for the Padres. We've seen him improve. He's had the big bright spots, but the reality of the situation is you can't afford him at the end of the year. He is an asset that you no longer can afford. He is the key to try to make 2024 a successful year. If you want to keep Hassan Kim, fine. If you want to come in fourth place, and it's not because of Asan Kim. You have a lot of middle infielders that can get the job done. If you move Hassan Kim to try to get more pitching, to maybe get an outfielder, maybe even some more uh, you know, young guys, you can move Cronenworth over to over to second base. You know, maybe that opens up a spot at first base. You know, you can go out and get a free agent first baseman, um, you know, for relatively uh, cheap, you know, maybe you go sign a Brandon Belt. And he's going to get about ten to you know million dollars. Hassan Kim's already getting eight, so it really only costs you two additional million. Then you go sign some outfielders, and we're ready to roll. But this is going to be interesting. The way AJ Preller this this is the most difficult job that AJ Preller has this season, and the pressure's on. And I think February is going to be a lot of moves for A.J. Preller. Next year, 2025, you can implement Merrill. You can implement some of these young guys, assume the ones that you don't trade away, because I do think you've got a lot of prospect capital where you can move some of those players. We're going to continue that conversation another time. But I do want to mention San Diego State basketball just lost by one point. Tough game. I talked about it with Craig in the last week. I think it was last week. The key to San Diego State getting to that next level as an athletic department resides in their football program over the next two years. And their football program is a sleeping giant. I'm going to tell you why when we come back on the Brayton Sopranos Show, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back to the Braden Supreme Show on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Spent a lot of time on Padres baseball. And we're going to we're gonna talk Padres throughout the entire time we're on this show. Again, thanks again for tuning in. Some weekend programming live on The Fan in America's finest city. America's finest rainy city. I know this is the most weather we're supposed to be getting during the wintertime, at least for now. I could give you the Matt Scraby... 
weather report, but I'd rather not embarrass myself like that. Uh, it is raining outside. Hopefully, we're uh, staying dry listening to us. Again, you can watch on YouTube. We are live on Twitter and Facebook. You can interact on all of those platforms. I will see it comes through uh, to our streaming platform where I can see all the comments. And thanks again for chiming in. I'm going to try to get to more of those uh, in the future on the show. I I would like to get to phone calls eventually. It's just so many moving parts uh, that I didn't realize have to be part of this show as the uh, the one-man weekend crew. But we're going to talk Padres a lot on this show. We're also going to be diving into, depending on the season, you know, during this time, playoff football, college basketball, we're going to dive into it. In the fall, we're going to get into college football and the NFL mixed with hopefully some Padres playoff content on the show. And it's going to be a great spot to be able to listen to local San Diego content when you're craving when you're craving it on the weekends instead of national programming that bore you with the same, you know, who the best five quarterbacks in the NFL BS. I did tease the Aztec football program. I do want to mention, I'm a big college football fan. Obviously, I'm a high school football coach. Football's in my blood. I love it. You know, we don't get to spend too much time during the week just because, you know, we're the flagship of the Padres. We don't have a football team in town. I'd like to get the 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 people fired up for Aztec football, and I'm going to tell you that about that in just a second. But I do want to mention, for all of you college football fans out there, And just football fans in general, today is the last day, the last Saturday of football until college football rolls again. We are 217 days away from kicking off the next college football season. A little bit less when it comes to high school football because it starts a little bit earlier. And when we get to the fall, we will have some high school football mixed in. San Diego's got great high school football. But I want to talk about San Diego State. I'm going to tell you right now. And Sean Lewis mentioned it in his press conference. You better get the tickets now. They don't pay me to say it, but I'm the highest recruiter right now. San Diego State football is a sleeping giant. And this needs to be, over the next two years, this is... What needs to be on the forefront for San Diego State to get themselves out of the Mountain West Conference? Mountain West Conference has been good to the Aztecs for the majority of the time. You know, there's, there's, they've played some favorites. They got set special deals with Boise State on football and TV contracts. I get all that. And right now, it's helping out the Aztecs when it comes to college basketball. It's a lot better of a college basketball conference. But for a major city like ours, the D1 program in town should be in a Power 5 school. Should be a Power 5 school in a Power 5 conference. There will be another round of realignment. And this is not my realignment saga. It's not my realignment story that I like to give all the time. I could spend four hours on conference realignment. Eight hours, 12 hours. You want to talk conference realignment, send me a message at BSERP on Twitter, Instagram. I'll answer it. I could talk your ear off about it. That needs to be the ultimate goal for the Aztecs in the next two years. In the next two years, based on the way the college football playoff is currently assembled, Aztecs have a real good chance of making the college football playoff if they win the Mountain West. There's 12 teams that are going to be in the playoff. 
There's going to be five conference winner automatic qualifiers. They've already announced that the Pac-2, their champion, will not count. Even though that the Aztecs get to play both those schools next year. Even more of an advantage when it comes to negotiating whether or not who's in and who's out. If the Aztecs beat both Washington State and Oregon State, they're going to be in a good spot. They would win the Pac-2 in that sense. But that's not why it's, ex- why it's exciting. You know, a big reason why Aztec basketball is so good and is built on and is so exciting to watch, at the end of the year, they have an opportunity to win a national championship. Not because of how good they are, but they have a fair shot of making it. You make the tournament, you got a shot. It might be more difficult for some schools than others, but you have a chance. We saw that last year. The San Diego State Aztecs basketball program was in the national championship game. I don't know if they'll ever get back there. That is such a hard thing to do. I mean, it took Gonzaga years to get to that point. They still haven't won it. For a program as good as Gonzaga, they've never done it. They've made it twice, but they've never done it. But you have a chance. In football, I mean, you're in a power, you're in a group of five school, forget it. You got zero chance. You're not part of you're not at the table. You're at the kids' table. You're not sitting with the big boys in the power five. It's really starting to turn the power, too. I mean, even schools in the Big 12, which I am a Big 12 fan after attending TCU. I can talk about Big 12 football ad nauseum, but they barely have a seat at the table. They got like a little table right next to the big table. Yeah, they're kind of half in. But this is why San Diego State needs to find their way. They need to get one of those last chairs in musical chairs. Or else they'll get left behind. And they just built a brand new stadium down in Mission Valley. Which obviously is a great venue for soccer because they keep selling that place out. The Aztecs can sell that place out. they got to change who they are. And they have already done that with the addition of Sean Lewis. I'm a huge believer in Sean Lewis. I was When they made the hire, I was super excited. I thought that was the best hire San Diego State could potentially make. There's a couple other names out there that I liked. I didn't know this was an option. I love the move. And then I got to meet Sean Lewis. And I got to talk to Sean Lewis about what he envisions for San Diego State football. And what Sean Lewis envisions for San Diego State football is an exciting offensive brand of football that we have not seen since probably Marshall Falk was running the ball, and a lot of that had to do with Marshall, or... Since Don Coriel was airing it all over Qualcomm Stadium, Jack Murphy Stadium at the time, San Diego Stadium, whatever it was. They're going to be snapping the ball every 10 to 15 seconds. They're going to be airing it out, and they're going to be scoring a lot of points. That's going to be an exciting brand of football, regardless of who they're playing. They're going to score a lot. Now, he's going to emphasize defense as well. He's an offensive-minded guy. He is a quarterback, played quarterback in in college. He turned around Kent State for the couple of years that was there. Nobody wins at Kent State, Sean Lewis did. How do you recruit Kent Ohio? You don't. It's a lot easier to recruit San Diego State. And they've already started to do that. So they brought in the offensive-minded coach. He's the guy that wants to snap the ball. Here we go, here you go, snap it. And every 10 seconds on the ball, moving it, no huddle. They have the philosophy in place. Well, you need a quarterback. He went and got that. 
He's got Danny O'Neill out of Cathedral, Indianapolis. A three-star athlete, six foot, 185 pounds, phenomenal quarterback coming out of Indiana. Now, he wasn't one of the best like top 10 players in Indiana, but he's still a really good quarter, one of the best quarterbacks that the Aztecs have gotten in the last couple of years. Not only did they get him out of high school, they also got a transfer from Florida State who is from California originally, who is a four-star athlete, four-star quarterback coming out of high school that is now a three-star transfer in A.J. Duffy. So you got two quarterbacks that could go out there and duel it out. You also brought in weapons, and you brought in athletic players, not only from San Diego, like guys like Isaiah Buxton and Anthony McMillan and Will Sinfrini out of Carlsbad High School, just to name a few, but you went up to Orange County, and you went to the Trinity League, and you flipped a guy like Jason Mitchell, an athlete out of St. John Bosco in the Trinity League. St. John Bosco and Modern Day are the two best high school football teams in the country every single year. Those are the players that San Diego State needs to go attract. The guys from Bosco and Modern Day and Rancho Santa Margarita and Orange Lutheran and J. Sarah Catholic and Centennial and Corona and Mission Viejo. I mean, those are the top echelon teams in California. While also... Hanging on to the guys from Lincoln and Cathedral and St. Augustine and Oceanside and Helix, modern-day Catholic, Granite Hills, who has turned into a nice little power out there in East County, has won the Open Division Championship, getting some of their best players. They did it in the transfer portal. They picked up Jerry McClure, who is a four-star transfer receiver who is from San Diego, went down and was at modern-day Catholic. They brought in other local products via the transfer portal. Tano Latuli, transfers from Army, played at Cathedral Catholic High School, had the benefit of coaching him. Guy's a phenomenal football player. Might have got overlooked for his height. Guy's going to be a big impact player for San Diego State. They're doing all the right things. And in this day and age of college athletics, San Diego State, with the transfer portal, with recruiting, with a guy like Sean Lewis that gets it, a younger coach that understands everything you have to do in social media, everything you have to do in recruiting nowadays for high school kids, relating to the players, relating to the student-athlete, understanding name, image, and likeness, he has it all. You can flip this program like that. I would expect the next two years are pretty big for San Diego State. They did a good job in a small amount of time recruiting Southern California. They need to make that a great job, especially, and I'm going to tell you right now, especially since the two marquee programs of Southern California have been USC and UCLA And you can't sell playing on the West Coast traveling all over the country to play in the Big Ten. That's an equalizer for San Diego State. That's a major equalizer for San Diego State. But they got to be able to recruit. And so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Sean Lewis. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of his staff. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the players they've brought in. I think they're going to have a really good season next year. You still have to give them time despite the hype. I might be hyping them up a little bit too much, but I do think 
that they could flip it very quickly and put together a really good football team and now an expanded playoff. Could you imagine? I don't think they would ever host, but could you imagine San Diego State on a Saturday playing in a playoff game? Even if they're just playing the likes of some of the teams in the SEC and the Big Ten would work wonders for San Diego State. It's a bright future for the Aztecs moving forward. Absolutely bright future. We're almost out of time here on the show. When we come back, we'll get you the full preview of Sunday's NFL games. And coming up after that, it will be the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens coming right to you on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Brayden Soprenit. Thanks again for tuning in to the first edition of the Brayden Soprenit Show right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Tuesday, Tuesday, all right. You can cut out of it. Hey, yo, hey. Yeah, yeah. Run it up, Blondo. Run it up, Blondo. Welcome back to the final segment of the first Braden Supredit show. We ran out a little bit of time here as we're going on the uh, San Diego State Aztecs conversation. The Aztecs football is going to have a good year. I really like what Sean Lewis is doing. You know, in the transfer portal, in the recruiting stage, and they're going to be good. I think they're going to be a lot better. And, and you know what? San Diego State needs them to be good because as much as their basketball program is the premier program over on that campus, the gateway in college athletics right now for the time being and probably for the immediate future is football. And that's going to get them to the spot where they need to be, you know, of getting that final or getting one of those chairs as part of musical chairs. Spent a lot of time on that. I do want to preview some of the games coming up on Sunday in the National Football League, coming up right here on 97.3 The Fan. Up next after the show in about a couple of minutes, it will be the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens on 97.3 The Fan. The Westwood One package will have that game. Following that game, Packers and Niners tomorrow we will have the two uh, the two football games tomorrow, starting at uh, I think noon is when the first game starts. There might be a little bit of a pregame on the fan, and that will be the Bucks at the Lions, and then the night the afternoon game tomorrow will be the Chiefs and the Bills, all coming up on the weekend here on ninety seven three the fan. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in today. It was great. To hear all of you guys chiming in, it was great to talk local sports. We're going to try to get, I know some people were calling in early. I was trying to do a lot, put out some fires. Apparently with the audio, uh, we fixed all those problems. Hey, you know what? Disneyland had a bad day on their first day. I'm not comparing myself to Disneyland. But that being said, uh, there was a lot of things that, you know, we're moving about. I do want to talk about some of the games coming up, though, tomorrow. We, we talked about... The other games that are on today, earlier in the show, again, all of this will be posted online. Be sure to subscribe to the Brighton Supranet Show wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you get on the Odyssey app. If you want to come back and listen to the show, all of that will be posted uh, coming up very shortly. Again, I gotta, I'm going to put all the stuff together here. Um, so you could go back and listen. You could go back and watch. Everything's archived on YouTube. There is on the 97.3 The Pan, Fan page. Make sure you subscribe to that so you can get updates on when the show will be. It's going to be kind of fluid until the Super Bowl. I mentioned that before. As we get 
you know, a, a, a confirmed spot. You know, we announced the show. It's going to be eight to ten on Sundays, but until the Super Bowl happens, you know, it's not. It's going to be kind of fluid. So we're we're going to be off next Saturday. I'll be off next week. I'm actually missing Friday of the Annie and Elston show. I'll be in Arizona uh, for a wedding. My college roommate uh, Dylan Smith is getting married in Apache Junction, so I'll be out there next Saturday, and then after that, we will be nine to eleven the next couple Saturdays leading into Super Bowl Sunday. And then after the Super Bowl, it's 8 to 10 every single Sunday from here on out, depending on any type of changes when it comes to availability and, and what have you with other shows. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show, interacting. We're going to try to get more fan interaction as we move forward, as I get used to you know, getting the stream up and kind of moving everything around. So make sure you subscribe to the Braden Sopranos Show on the podcast. I'm going to have today's show posted. If you missed any of it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app. And, of course, uh, check everything out on the website, 97 through the fan SD. Follow me on social media. I got it on the YouTube page, at B underscore S-U-R-P, B-Serp. Uh, that's for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, all of our stuff's going to be posted on the YouTube page. Again, at 97 through the fan. Got a lot of great content on there. Uh, missed any of the shows, you can watch them all. All of our shows now are live streaming on YouTube and on all of our major platforms. So that's all all great. Um, we will be able to kind of go with that moving forward. But again, thanks thanks to everybody for tuning in to, the, to today's show. We're going to recap. I do want to mention I did see in the YouTube chat, and this seems to be you know a big question I think a lot of people are asking, you know, Julian saying into the transfer portal, the quarterback from Carlsbad, five-star athlete um, since Nick Saban retired. I think a lot of people would love to see him play at San Diego State. I, you know, I don't want to say he's better than San Diego State, right? But if if Sean Lewis could get Julian saying to come play football for the Aztecs, Instead of going to a Power 5 school, remember, I mean, Julian had offers from Georgia and Ohio State and some of the best teams in the country that can pay well in NIL money. I, You know, if, if Sean Lewis could get him to play for the Aztecs, you extend Sean Lewis immediately because that's how good of a quarterback Julian Sand is. I, I just don't see that happening. It would be great to see, obviously, as the local kid come back. You know, he, he finished school early uh, uh, at Carlsbad to get to Alabama, to start learning the playbook, to start, you know, pick, you know, getting forming relationships with his teammates. And then Nick Saban retires. Kalen DeBoer takes over. Kalen DeBoer brings his top prospect if you will, his top recruit that was a quarterback with him from Washington to Alabama. And now all of a sudden, Julian Sands in the transfer portal. And that I mean, that happens. That's, you know, as much as I think the transfer portal and NIL are kind of getting out of hand, one of the big components for it and reasons why you do it is for situations like this. It's not Julian's fault that. You know, his head coach that recruited him decided to retire and that the new coach is bringing in a new regime. That's it's not on Julian. So we'll see where he ends up landing. I highly doubt it will be here at San Diego State. I would imagine it's going to be at a Power 5 school. 
Um, but I'm curious to see where he goes and, and to follow his career, just like all the other players that we've seen come out of San Diego. Um, no, we're running out of time, so I didn't get to get the full preview in with the Bucks and the Lions and the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, just real quick, I mean, I think I, I'd love to see Detroit make it to the NFC Championship game, especially you know with the history. I mean, they they they're like us Padre fans, right? I mean, just the season they're having is a lot like the Padres in 2022. You know, finally hosting playoff games that they haven't had in a long time. I know the Padres hosted in 2020, but nobody was there. You didn't get to see it. You know, they got to beat the Dodgers, right? And, you know, hopefully the, the, the Lions can make that way to the NFC Championship game. I think that game against Tampa tomorrow is going to be a close one. Uh, I think the Lions win. I don't think they cover six and a half. I think the Bucks will have a couple things up their sleeve, especially in pressuring Jared Goff. The other game is, I think, the game of the week, the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, Depending on what the weather is in Buffalo, the bold prediction for this game as laid out by ESPN that we talked about yesterday was Mahomes and Josh Allen combining for six touchdowns. I can see that for sure. Six passing touchdowns combined by Mahomes and Allen. I think that game's going to be a hell of a game. That's going to be a great way to finish up the weekend before we get you back to a lot of live and local here on 97.3 The Fan. Again, I want to thank everybody involved with today's show. I want to thank everybody for the opportunity. I'm going to be off next Saturday, and then after that, it will be 9 to 11. Again, just kind of bear with me right now. We're going to get some of the, the kinks out until we get to Super Bowl Sunday, and then it will be Sundays from 8 to 10. Follow me on social media at B underscore S-U-R-P, at B Serp on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Brayton Sopranit signing off. Hopefully you guys stay dry. This has been live and local programming on the weekend with the Brayton Sopranit Show on 97.3 The Fan, San Diego's number one sports station. Thanks again for downloading the episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow me on social media at B underscore S-U-R-P. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in to the Braden Sopranos Show each and every Sunday from 8 to 10 in the morning on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch.
Catch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.